This is episode number 31 with Deanna Seymour, founder of PhD Feminine Health. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle. Thanks for tuning in today. We are going to be talking about how to overcome fear through faith. And the way we're covering that is through an entrepreneurial story of my guest today. Her name is Deanna Seymour, and she is the founder of PhD Feminine Health, which is a feminine health product sold in Amazon, in Target, CVS, and more retailers coming soon because her company has been growing like crazy since she launched it five years ago. But the reason this is a story of faith over fear is that Deanna was so risk averse. A single mother of two who had a great job with amazing benefits, she had no intention of starting a company. So why did she? Well, there was a voice within her that was telling her that there was more for her in her life. And my sense is many of you listening have felt that. You felt like there was more for you that you're supposed to do and to become. So then the question becomes, How do you take that first step? How do you know when you should be taking action? Well, Deanna shares her story and her philosophy around this because she was faced with a major life decision. And I'm not going to tell you what it is in advance because I was really blown away when she shared it in the interview. And I want you to hear it real time from her and to let the story develop naturally as you listen. What I can tell you is that it took a tremendous amount of courage and generosity to do what she did, and I have a ton of admiration for her, and you'll understand when you listen to the interview. But that life decision helped her really trust her intuition and the voice inside and to know when it was guiding her. There's so much wisdom in today's episode, and I look forward to letting you hear Deanna's story. So here we go. Hi, Deanna. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be with you. Oh, thank you. Well, you've got a really interesting entrepreneurial journey. And we'll be digging into that in a moment. But for people who are listening who are not familiar with you and what you do, would you take a minute to introduce yourself? Yes, I'd be happy to. My name is Deanna Seymour, and I am the founder of PhD Feminine Health, which is a feminine health company that um, I make it my mission every day to improve the lives of women. So I developed a product about five years ago for uh, vaginal health issues. And um, it's, in a sense, kind of revolutionized the feminine hygiene category. So you're in a really unique space. And I'm just curious, because I know your background was in a very steady 
job that paid well. So what made you pivot into this, creating a, a, a business in this industry, in this area? You know, Michelle, it's interesting. Um, the saying that necessity is the mother of invention has never been truer uh, in my case. Uh, I was on just this steady track. I, I was working at one of the largest pharmaceutical companies and had been for 20 years and uh, had a degree in biology, so loved the science of, um, of business. And um, as fate would have it, I ended up uh, getting several sinus infections that caused me to be on copious amounts of antibiotics uh, for several years. And I was fed up with the same um, uh, medications that were available to me. And I wanted an alternative that was natural. So it was then that I began my path uh, to creating my product. And um, it just happened because uh, out of need, out of a personal need for myself and wanting a better alternative. So I think that a lot of us women have ideas. And so I'm wondering, could you take us into what made you think instead of, let me try to find a product that exists? I'm assuming one didn't, which is why you decided to create it for yourself. But then what's the mindset? You know, what made you think, well, I can create a company around this? Because that's a big transition, especially in this space. Truly. Yeah. And honestly, I, I never thought of it uh, like that. I wasn't intentionally trying to create a company. It just happened. Because again, I was so secure. I, I'm a single mother of two teenagers. And like I said, I had a great job in corporate America with fantastic benefits you know, a company car, a pension plan, health, wonderful healthcare benefits. And I was really, and I've been risk averse because of that, being the single mom and wanting that security that the job provided. Um, so it really just, it kind of morphed into a business. Um, but several things happened along the way uh, in order for that to happen. And, you know, I, I, developed this product, I actually started doing research on um, natural alternatives to uh, vaginal issues. And there's all kinds of uh, wives' tales out there and a lot of um, tips and tricks on different blogs and everything. But coming from a science background, especially in the pharmaceutical industry, it was really imperative to me to have some science behind an ingredient. And um, one of the things that I'd been taught, of course, was to uh, interpret uh, published clinical data. And I found literally, I felt like hundreds of studies that had been done on this one particular ingredient. Mm. And I just found it so curious that no one was manufacturing this ingredient. And uh, as a matter of fact, the, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention even recommended it. Um, and I had several friends who were OBGYNs and I spoke with them about the ingredient and they consulted and 
uh, I, and I tried it for myself and that was the first thing. And I just thought, this is amazing. Um, not only did it help, uh, you know, with all of the issues, but it also helped prevent them from occurring as well. And so, you know, I'm a firm believer, you know, that God has a plan and, um, you know, some might say it's the universe, but, uh, I, you know, here I had this ingredient and this idea, and then I'm starting to think, you know, how can I make this available to the millions, literally millions of women like myself who, who need it. And, um, it occurred to me that my daughter's, uh, hockey coach owned, uh, a manufacturing facility <laughs> for, I mean, it's crazy, Michelle, yes. really. <laughs> okay. Sorry, as I'm listening, I'm going, oh my goodness, this I is know. interesting. Okay, go like, ahead, please. How does that happen? Right. Okay, because you're thinking, uh, oh, wait, I want to get this out there, and my daughter's coach has a manufacturing plant, so you approached him? Yeah. And yes. So he has a manufacturing facility where he... Uh, owns and operates and makes holistic products for people and pets. I mean, really, where are the odds? Oh, my goodness. So I um, essentially, I worked up the nerve to uh, give him a call to see if he would meet with me. And um, I came armed with, you know, stacks of published clinical literature and, um you know, told him that I consulted with several doctors and, uh, you know, it was, um, a rather, you know, a little difficult conversation to have mm-hmm. at first. health, right. With the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with a guy who, um, you know, wasn't in that realm and hadn't even considered being there. Mm-hmm. And, but he absolutely loved the idea and embraced it. And, the crazy thing is, is that, you know, he, he has a science background as well. Oh, wow. And many years before me, he had worked at the same pharmaceutical company that I did. Oh, wow. So we both came from the same clinical business pharma background. And um, he, he loved the idea. And uh, he had the courage to uh, start manufacturing the product. And, um, you know, it's to show what a need there was for this product uh, within essentially what we did is they put it up on Amazon and I continued my, you know, stable corporate uh, career in the farm industry. And within a year, it was the number one best-selling product in its category on Amazon. And so it was obviously working because that, that only happened because women yeah. were buying it and telling their friends and it grew. Yeah. And, you know, Amazon, and this was, you know, kind of in the early stages, I guess, of of Amazon. And it was, you know, the reviews on Mm. that platform really sell your product for you. And literally, Michelle, we we, we didn't do any marketing, anything, because I I was working and um, for my pharmaceutical job, and they also had all their other products, but it just, was truly amazing to sit back and watch, you know, hear these women, you know, like myself who had suffered for years, some of them, uh, you know, with, with no relief, found this product that's all natural and, 
it just, they were evangelical in their reviews of the product and how it had really changed their lives. Um, And it was then that kind of the wheels were set in motion for me um, that would eventually lead me to where I am right now. So it was really, really exciting and, and humbling and also just so wonderful to see that, you know, what we were doing was making such a big difference for so many women. So when did you launch your company? So I developed the idea about five years ago mm-hmm. and it was put on Amazon um, about four and a half years ago okay. when, it, when it first launched. Okay. So we do have to dig a little deeper into your story. So you're a single mom, two teenagers, you have a stable job, you try to find a product that would work for you to solve the feminine issues, feminine health issues that you had, and couldn't find anything. So you created your own to use for yourself. You obviously, re- you realize this is working. You, and then you decided to take it to the next level. So this is where, this is where I think when women listen, they think, wait, how did she get started? What was the mindset? What What was you know, what, what makes you think you're going to then go into this industry, um, which I I don't even know who your competitors would be. I don't even know if you can talk about that on the show, but, um, but I'm imagining that they're big companies and, um, and, and you mentioned one ingredient before we get into that, you mentioned one ingredient. Are you able to talk about what that is? Yeah, boric acid and boric acid has been around uh, crazily enough for probably over a hundred years. And it's just this tried and true ingredient that um, physicians have used forever. Uh, But prior to us making it commercially available, physicians were, they were using it, but they could only get it through a compounding pharmacy. Mm. So they had, their patients had to get a prescription and then go have it made um, at this compounding pharmacy. And you know, compounding pharmacies are great, but uh, it was also very expensive mm. and inconvenient, uh, you know, for these women. And a lot of times, you know, especially in rural areas, there are no compounding pharmacies. Um, Is that so how it, you got uh, yours? I mean, how did you make your own? <laughs> so I, um, I had ordered the ingredients online Mm. and um, made my own to figure out that it actually worked and found out that it worked so well um, that, you know, that's when, after I tried it on myself, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, this is just amazing. So um, it was then, you know, that I went to the next level. Okay. So take us into the mindset. Again, you know, like you said, you were risk averse in a stable job. So were you just figuring, well, this has helped me. I'll put it out there and see what happens. Is that what the mindset was or were you committed to something bigger? What was your, what was your vision for it? Well, initially I I really thought, you know, I I was going to continue working and retire in 10 years from the company that I worked for and, you know, let this kind of be, you know, a side hustle or, you know, a, a side income stream for me, um, used to invest it to pay for my kids' college and whatnot. Um, 
but a couple of things happened to me that really uh, just kind of molded and shaped me, if you will. And um, the first was that, uh, and this was, this could be a podcast in and of itself, the story, but um, I ended up donating a kidney to my friend's four-year-old son. Oh, and um, it was such a pivotal, pivotal experience for me. And in that experience, you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, just to give some perspective to uh, your listeners that, you know, I think there's around 5,500 people a year that are living kidney donors. Mm-hmm. So and there's not a whole lot in the U S when, when you think of it like that. And in my job with my company, I had, um, the entire state of Tennessee and, uh, as fate would have it and God had a plan, he put two people in my path within six months of each other, one in Memphis on one side of the state and one in Knoxville on the other who were living kidney donors. And, um, I mean, if you think about the odds, Michelle, wow, just, I mean, just like whose daughter's hockey coach right. owns the manufacturing right factory. right you <laughs> felt like people were put in your path for a reason but you were paying attention oh. to it you weren't yeah. just because i think yeah. a lot of us have those experiences or people are put in our path but we're not awake we're not paying attention so h- h- did you see this as i mean how did you know that your your friend's son needed a donor and is that what triggered where you were like wait a second well, how did that come about yeah, a great question. I mean, honestly, Michelle, here I am, a single mom of two teenagers. I never in a million years would have thought that I would donate a kidney. Yeah. I mean, it just never crossed my mind. And, but what has happened, you know, with encountering these two separate individuals, and I was fairly close to both, and I got to see their path that they walked through the whole process. And, just how phenomenal that whole process was and um, also, you know, to see their recovery and that they did so well afterwards and, you know, they went back to living a full and healthy life, Mm -hmm. but it was such a blessing just to be, you know, a part of that and to know their journey. And I, looking back now, I, I know exactly, you know, what was happening at my heart was completely being prepared mm. for for Jake, um, mm. the little boy. Mm. And it was like God was allowing that to happen so that when I found out he needed a kidney, and it's it's crazy how that happened. Um, um, it was actually his mother is a friend of mine because our daughters both played soccer together. Mm. And so when Jake was born, he wasn't even expected to live because he had no functioning kidneys and they even called in hospice. So he, he's a miracle in so many different ways. So uh, he he lived long enough to be put on the transplant list and um, had just been through so much in, at such a young age. And um, ended up, he, he received his first kidney from his dad and he rejected that kidney. Oh, so, I didn't you know, realize that could, so they can be rejected. The body doesn't accept it. Yes, oh, absolutely. My goodness. And, oh God, and, that's 
so, so traumatic. So traumatic for both. Oh my goodness. Yeah, for his dad. I mean, oh. you know, it was it was awful, awful, awful. We're all scratching our heads. You know, why is this allowed to happen? God, what are you doing here? Mm. And um, so then he recovered and got healthy enough to be put back on the transplant list. And I really had just maintained contact with the family, kind of through, through Facebook, and mm. um, and it just so happened one day that you know after our all of my encounters with kidney donors had happened, occurred, that I saw someone had posted that Jake needed a kidney. Mm. And it, it was the strangest otherworldly experience, Michelle. Like the second I saw that, I knew it was me and I knew I was going to match. Oh, I'm getting I mean, teared up right now. It's such a beautiful yeah, story. I, I wow. didn't actually, this is my own ignorance, but I didn't realize an adult kidney could go into a child well i i didn't either until his dad had donated mm. um that was total that was news to me I, I i didn't either but having not since i knew that right. i knew at that moment it was, it was me it was you I mean, it, oh. so, so much so michelle that i i was supposed to run the chicago marathon um several months after i found that notice, saw that notice. And, uh, I even called my running partner and I hadn't told a soul that I had applied to be a kidney donor. It was just something deep, deeply personal to me at that time that I was processing. And, um, but I called her and I said, um, I can't tell you how I know. I just know that I'm not going to be able to run that marathon mm. with you because I'm going to be a kidney donor. And she was like, what are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> um, so, uh, but sure enough, uh, we matched and it was through that process. I, I learned so many, so many valuable lessons, but, um, really to trust, uh, that if that inner voice inside of you, you know, I, I, I felt like it was, um, this inner peace that I had. And I, I knew it was, I believe it was God speaking to me. Mm. Others, you know, might have different beliefs, but it was this peace that truly surpasses all understanding that is difficult to put into words. You felt that, peaceful when you made the decision. You felt a deep oh, sense of peace. I, I Yes, like a peace that I had never experienced oh, so in my so beautiful, life. Deanna. Oh, my goodness. And it was just, it, it, was, it was a t- completely beautiful experience that... Um, in that process, like in, in feeling that and feeling guided and led that I learned to listen mm. to myself and my, my inner voice and that peace, you know, when you have that peace, it's right. And you can't argue with it and you need to pay attention to it. Mm. And that's a huge uh, experience for me uh, that really has helped shape who I am today, but also played a pivotal role in guiding me to my business, if you will. Mm. So it made you, even though you were risk averse, you were being called to open up more and to take risk because there was a bigger plan for you. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. How? Yeah. And that, that oh, was a ahead, big please. risk. What's that? <laughs> yeah. That, that was a big risk. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm wondering. How old were your kids, especially as a single mom? How old were your children uh, at the time? Yeah. So my kids were 13 and 15 at the time. 
Because so, how how long were you? How was that recovery for you? Uh, I was out of work for six weeks. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm not going to lie; it was incredibly painful. But it was. I, I promise, I would do it ten thousand more times if I could. I would do it again oh. tomorrow if I were oh. able. It was. It was just so one of the most amazing experiences of my life. So, and, and more what a bond you must have with Jake! Then you must have a oh, special bond with God. him. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I get choked. Up. No, I'm getting <laughs> choked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that boy not only has my kidney, but he has my heart. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a. How old is he now? <laughs> How old is he now? Um. Jake is, um, he is eight now. He's eight. So, yeah, oh. doing great. As a matter of fact, I went to his first communion a couple of weeks oh. ago. And, um, yeah, he's thriving. He's just, it's so beautiful to watch him grow. And and uh, it's funny, we joke all the time because he now likes dark chocolate and um, and tacos. So, are those <laughs> your favorite? And I, I told mom, I said, I apologize in advance for the margaritas. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I, I've heard that there's cellular memory in these organs. And so when people have okay, transplants, the that they thing. there's a connection to whoever the organ came yeah. from. So that's really fascinating. Well, witnessed it. It really is fascinating. Yeah. So that, that's been fun. Wow. Well, you said there were... I know that there were three pivotal moments. So that was one yeah. major one. And so where did that occur? So where was this in terms of when you started your business? I'm just trying to put the timeline so, together. Yeah, that had happened after I had started the product. Um, wow. I came up with the idea for the product. So it's kind of... You were busy. In the <laughs> <laughs> really, you know. Uh, so it had... Shortly after I developed it, that that occurred, and um, it was uh, and it's interesting, Michelle, because you know the whole time, you know, I said I was doing really well in my corporate job, and I was, and it was content. Uh, but also, the entire time I was there, I felt always felt and I can't really put it into words. It's difficult to describe that there was something more. Like I felt like this couldn't be it for me that, and I, it's this internal voice that uh, deep within my soul, I felt like I was called to something greater and, um, can never put my finger on it. And, you know, it's just one of those things I felt, but wasn't really sure what that was. And of course, when I developed the product, I'm thinking, is this what it is? Um, so it wasn't until it was, and it was such a blessing looking back now that, um, I changed divisions within my company and um, had a, a new manager mm. and I was always a top performer and always did really well in the company and was working my hardest and was hugely su- successful, but um, had this new manager and unfortunately, or fortunately, I should say, um, she was toxic and mm. it really... I was shaking my head, you know, thinking, why is this happening to me? And um, again, it's an internal voice and I, you know, after one particularly awful phone conversation she and I had had that left me in tears and I was just wondering why, here I am working my hardest, I'm performing, you know, one of the top performers in the country 
and my kids were home and I went in my garage and sat on the stairs and was crying because I didn't want them to see me upset. And it occurred to me just right then and there, I'm like, okay, God, you're making me uncomfortable for a reason mm. because here I was so risk averse and wanted the stability of my corporate job for my kids that the only way for me to make that leap was to, for me to be so uncomfortable where I was that I had mm. to make a change. Mm. And, um, it, I remember it was just one of those aha moments and I was sitting there and I, I tears streaming down my face and all of a sudden I just started smiling like, okay, I get it. <laughs> you're, you know, you're answering the call. You, you, you heard it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, um, I have red hair and I've been, um, accused of being very stubborn <laughs> times <laughs> in my life. And, um, surely it's really took a whack upside my head for, for God to get my attention, but he did. And, and that's when I'm like, I, I realized this is what I have to do. You know, I need to leave the security and take the sleep and take over my company and, and launch it. And, um, it was then that I laid out my exit plan and devised a plan to, to leave corporate America and then to go run my business full time. So this is so good. So I think women listening are going to be able to resonate with the story of being uncomfortable, whether that's professionally I think anytime a new manager comes on board, you can either love your job more or absolutely hate it. Uh, right. that, that's happened time and time again to all of us, I think, at some point, if you've worked long enough in any system. Um, but I think the harder part sometimes is to recognize that the discomfort is a gift in disguise and that it's yeah. challenging you and calling to you and inviting you to look at what you really want. So what advice would you give to a woman who is feeling that she's being called for more? And, yeah. it, you know, because wh wh you, you've mentioned a few times of hearing that internal voice. I don't know how yours speaks to you. I think yeah. we all have a different way of getting that message. But I'm curious, sure. how does it speak to you? And what advice would you give to any woman listening, thinking, well, how do I do what she did? How, how do I answer that call? How do I even know what's being asked right. of me? Well, I think one of the most important things for us to realize is that obstacles in our lives so many times are there because we need to change directions. Mm -hmm. And it's a way for us to pivot, if you will. To And I think that when we're going through difficult times like that, what I've learned from these experiences is to take a step back and really soul search and figure out what we're trying to be taught in that moment. Because if, if everything was great in our lives, mm -hmm. we, we wouldn't learn much. I mean, that's it, not, you know, I'm always talking about me being pruned. You know, it's only through pruning that we grow. Mm -hmm. And those obstacles are, are us being pruned. And we that's, I've learned more from failure or from not listening to my, that inner voice. Um, than I have from success. And I feel like most entrepreneurs would, would say the same thing mm. that, um, and if, if you're experiencing fear, this is one thing too, that I've learned. Uh, I used to be fearful of fear. Um, mm. but now 
I embrace it. As a matter of fact, I have a plaque on my wall that says faith over fear because mm. fear can be so healthy. And I have learned that if I'm fearing something, it means I need to tackle it. I need to defang it. I need to learn more about whatever it is I'm fearing so that I can overcome it and only be stronger. Mm. So I feel like, you know, especially as women, you know, we want that security because we're, we're nurturers and we're, we want to provide. And, um, but oftentimes we, we need to learn to embrace obstacles and fear and, and realize in the moment that we're being taught something. Absolutely. And for anyone listening, I believe in God as well, Diana. but for those who believe in a higher power or like you mentioned, universe, the universe speaking to you or are agnostic, I think the message is still the same though, that life Absolutely. is 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 a path. There's the, going to be the ups and the downs and the different seasons and yeah. that we are here absolutely for a reason and that we have gifts that we want to share, which is why I bring on different entrepreneurs like you, because everyone's doing something so unique. It, there's no cookie cutter approach here, but what's common is that there's an internal whisper or an internal voice and they've accepted right. the invitation. So let's go a little deeper on this because again, somebody's going to listen and say, well, how do I know it's talking to me? Or how do I take mm-hmm. that step? Because I do think fear is a part of it. And um, there could be a tendency to want to stay in the discomfort versus embrace the unknown. Right. Well, and that's where courage comes into the picture. And um, and it might be, you know, if if you can't find that well with inside you, you know, look to those around you that, that can fill you. And um, it's so important in that regard to have positive influences in your life. And I mean, because honestly, even with donating kidney, I have family members who, you know, weren't hugely supportive mm-hmm. because they were, oh, what if your kids need a kidney, Diana? You know, what are you going to do? Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, just imagine if we all live like that. Yeah. How awful. Yeah. I mean, if my kids need a kidney, then I sure hope that someone would step up and do the same thing for me. Right. So and I, I feel like it's so important then for, especially with us as women, to surround ourselves with positive influences and to really, you know, if you find that someone is not doing that for you, um, you know, take their advice with a grain of salt and learn to look some, somewhere else because we, we do need that uh, inspiration and encouragement. Another thing too is, you know, I feel like I was just having this discussion with my marketing director that uh, as women, I think more so than men, we have, you know, an inner, that inner voice inside mm-hmm. of us mm-hmm. that can, that can go either way. You know, it can be, uh, hugely inspirational and supportive, uh, but it can also, you know, drag us down into a deep abyss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which, I mean, as an entrepreneur, I'll be honest, I've been the victim of. Um, I made a, a huge mistake early on in my in my business, and um, I can kind of look back on it and laugh a little now. But um, at the time, it was so painful. Mm. I, I didn't free to label well enough. Um, I was juggling way too many things. I was in, on my iPhone in my car picking my daughter up from soccer practice and 
looked over the label, it didn't look closely enough, and you know, huge misspelling right there on the front. Oh no! And um, yeah, we made I think ten or fifteen thousand units. Oh and, no! Um, they were out there in the world, and we had to ship them all back. <laughs> oh my god! Financially, that must have been painful oh, too. It was- it was awful. Yeah, awful. You know, that was a mistake I made. And I know I'll make so many more mistakes. Mm. But it's important, you know, just like fear that from our mistakes, we learn and then we grow from it. So uh, I think another thing is women, you're just talking about women and, and learning to listen to your, your um, the calling or finding the strength. It's also important to not go down that path of, of negative self-talk and mm. shame the shame spiral. So we just need to be mindful of that uh, in every aspect of our lives, whether, you know, as a mother, you know, we feel like you don't make a good decision as a mom or on the business end. You just need to be careful. Thank you. That's, it is an important reminder. And it's true. I think that inner critic is always there. And the more you try to grow in your life, I think the louder it wants to get and challenge you to keep you safe. I think it's there to keep us safe. Um, Yes. It just, is, can be very mean and cruel. So we have to keep it in check. Um, it in. Exactly. Um, Deanna, did you self-fund your company or did you get investment to launch it? Because this is a big undertaking that you you did, especially yeah. you're talking, when you it, manufactured, was it, how did you even know how many units to start with? And did, you know, how did you fund that? It, uh, my, my business partner, uh, thankfully helped me with that aspect. And I didn't leave my, my corporate job until there was enough revenue coming in from my product um, in order to kind of make that leap. But it, it was a huge leap of faith because, you know, at that time, every single um, bit of our sales were coming from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you're listeners, Amazon is wonderful as a consumer, but um, as a supplier and um, maker of products, it's not the most reliable or or greatest uh, way to do business. So uh, it was, I mean, for instance, we were were taken down a couple of times and um, it was very lean. Um, So it's, uh, thankfully, my business partner, though, was able to fund it initially and it really just kind of grew on its own. Um, but it, I did have, um, I had also saved a lot of money from my pharmaceutical job mm. and knowing that this was coming. So I tried to build up a little nest egg, a little security um, insurance fund in case I, you know, anything did happen. Um, you know, I tried to have at least six months of savings because I knew, I knew when I left my job, that, you know, the, the absolute worst case scenario, it wouldn't work and I would go get another job. Right. You know, I, I could find another, another job, you know, hopefully making as much as I was, but maybe not. But, and it was, again, it, I had the peace that I had when I donated the kidney. Mm-hmm. I knew that no matter what the outcome, that it was going to be okay. And that I had to take that risk. Um it's just, I just felt it in my bones and my soul. And I, it was kind of like the calling, if you will. And, and thankfully, you know, it hasn't been easy by any means. It's been a complete roller coaster mm-hmm. of ups and downs. But, um, but I've 
so far navigated the waters and it's become extremely successful. Yeah. So I want to hear where it's at today. So you're four and a half years in. So I understand that your product's going to end up in Target. Is that right? Yeah. We, we launched at Target in April. And oh my, it's there. It's, yeah, it's there. Congratulations. Uh, That's huge. They seem like they would be you. a good, well, they're good for consumers too. I don't know, but that seems yeah, like they'd be a no. good partner. They've been a fantastic retail partner. They really have. And sales are far exceeding our expectations and um, we'll be uh, launching at CVS in July and also several other retail partners um, are being added right now as well. Uh, So, you know, my goal, I mean, I think I said this from the beginning is to improve the lives of women on a daily basis. And, you know, when you have an issue, (laughs) a feminine issue, you want relief right away. And, you know, Amazon is wonderful. Prime is great. It gets there fast. But you really want to be able to go down to the store and pick it up and find, you know, help immediately. So that's why it's imperative to me to to make my product available to women who need it, you know, when they need it. So it's, um, yeah, it's been, it's, I feel like I'm strapped to a rocket ship right now with this, nice. how busy we are. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and is that the goal to keep growing it to... And get it into more retailers? Where where are you looking to go yeah. with it? Yeah, my goal is to have it um, you know, right right next to Monistat and refresh gel, you know, on in the feminine hygiene section right there for women who you know, who need it because it's a natural alternative that's as effective as any, you know, prescription or over the counter product. So it's been just so validating and affirming for me to know that I am absolutely on the right path. This is exactly where I was intended to be. And it makes sense now looking back on my journey, why I felt that internal, you know, nudging that, you know, this is not where I'm called yet. This is not where I'm meant to be. There's something more. And now it makes sense. Yeah. And I think what's helpful is that when women listen to this, whether wherever they're at in their journey, whether they're at home with their kids or in a career, if you're getting that call, you don't know where your life's going to take you. So this was not right. something you said, you know, that when you were 16, I can't wait till I, you know, no. get my degree in biology and create this product. Exactly. This was not something that you set out to do, but you were open to following yeah. what was being put in your path and then taking action on that. And I think that's really the theme of the show and what the women keep demonstrating right. time and time again is that, you know, if you feel passionate about something and it's all all driven by wanting to help, being in yeah, service to I, others. And I think that's also absolutely. a critical piece of it. Yeah. And if you think about it, okay, first of all, never in a million years would I have thought, A, that I would donate a kidney and B, yeah. that I would own a vaginal health company. I mean, seriously, never <laughs> thought that. true. Both of them um, is true. <laughs> I mean, right. crazy. And the fact that I did it at the age of 42 uh, I mean, anyone, I mean, that just... Is that when you launched your company? You launched your company at yeah. 42? Yeah, I appreciate you saying that too. Right, exactly. You can pivot oh, at middle age and... At yeah, any age. At any age. And I just feel like we, we have these self-limiting limiting beliefs that, um, oh, I'm too old for that, or, you know, that can never happen. Well, it can. I, mean, I am living proof that it can happen. 
So I just want everyone out there to realize it's never too late. Yeah. Never. Thank you for saying that. As a single mom who's managing and running her own company, who's scaling and growing it at the same time, what do you do for your own self-care or routine-wise to keep grounded and that lends to your success? Yeah. So I'm I'm a firm believer in beginning my day with gratitude and prayer time um, just to get centered and focused before the day begins. Because it's really tough to be grouchy or negative when you're grateful. Mm. Um, I mean, yes, there are times when, you know, things don't go your way. But just to always remember so much to be thankful for. And I think, you know, part of the kidney donation process really, really helped me with that of of just total gratitude. Um, And also, you know, in the evenings, I probably five years now, I followed the Faster Way to Fat Loss program with Amanda Trass, and um, I incorporate her workout routines. Um, try to do it at least five nights a week, but it's not always successful. But exercise is a huge part uh, of maintaining that balance and, and mental health for me, too. So. Mm. Um, and a good glass of wine at night doesn't hurt. And a good glass of wine. Well, there you go. A little, a little something for you. Um, yeah. So can you leave the women listening with your three best tips for living a good life? Sure. You know, as we've talked about, I think trusting your gut and listening to that inner voice that you have, um, you know, as women, we're so... We're so intuitive and I think that we're, we're so blessed in that regard I think a lot of times much more intuitive than men and we need to use that I mean that's a gift and we need to be you know uh, tuned into it and usually what our gut is telling us is the right thing to do kind of like we've discussed mm-hmm. uh, previously um, and also you know uh, knowing that I'm a work in progress every single day and there's so much I don't know, but I am so excited to get out of bed and learn something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I feel like a lot of times, you know, saying you're drinking from a fire hose. I feel like that pretty much on a daily basis <laughs> <laughs> because just with the retail landscape so much that I don't know, but I'm learning. Um, and in that, you know, learning to extend grace, Mm-hmm. Um, to ourselves, especially that it's okay that we mess up, and um, you know, part of that uh, misspelling on the label was pivotal for me in mm-hmm. becoming um, the CEO that I am. That people are going to make mistakes, and you know, every time I hear of one, I'm reminded of that. And like Deanna, you know, you make mistakes. So extend grace to people because people are human and we learn from, from that. Um, And the third thing really is embracing the fear, you know, that, that we had discussed and paying attention to it um, and know that fear is there for a purpose. And oftentimes it's getting us um, to, to learn something new or, you know, to pay attention to something maybe we weren't paying attention to before. Uh, and also embracing those obstacles and knowing that maybe it's God's way or the universe's way of getting us to change courses. So those are some of my 
This was probably more than three, but they were great. <laughs> they were all great. No, it's great. No, no, no. We can more is always better. Um, there's such <laughs> wisdom in what you shared, and I love the idea of grace for ourselves and others. Um, where can people learn more about you and your work? Yeah, so we are at phdfeminineHealth.com, and they can also find us at Target and online at Target and launching soon at uh, at CBS, and then we will have other retail partners that we'll have on our website uh, as we go. So, but phdfeminehealth.com is where they can find us now. That's so great. Thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing your really amazing story. Um, It's really such a beautiful story and very inspiring. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Michelle. It's been such a wonderful pleasure to be with you. I hope you loved that interview as much as I did. I felt really connected to Diana as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a woman, as a mother. I just found her to be incredibly special and heartfelt. And so I hope that her story and her ability to go from being so risk averse to learning to trust that inner voice, which I believe is the work that we're all meant to do is to really start listening to and allowing that voice to guide us and to cultivate a relationship and to know when it's speaking so that you can relax into what you're meant to do without so much fear. The show notes for today can be found over at thegoodlifecoach.com forward slash zero three one. And if you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share it. And if you're feeling generous, it would be so appreciated if you would take a minute to rate and review the podcast over on iTunes so I know what is resonating with you and also so that others can find the show. Thank you so much. And I look forward to reconnecting next Wednesday. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.